Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Gluten-Free Voice. This is Jules Shepard and I'm pleased to have as my guest tonight the new leader of the Celiac Disease Foundation and she is Marilyn Geller, the new COO of the CDF. There's a lot of, uh, lot of letters there, but um, Marilyn, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, you know, I asked you to come on because of the blog post that I had put up about the gluten-free and celiac summer camps and the fact that CDF had actually um, decided to start their own summer camp this year, the first annual CDF summer camp. And so in the process of, you know, doing the research for all of these national camps, which I was just so excited to find so many of them, um, and then also excited that CDF is also going to have their own first annual camp, I, you know, started talking to you about this and I realized, you know, there's been actually a shift in the CDF and I knew Elaine Monarch, who was the head of the CDF before, but you just came on board quite recently, didn't you? I did. I started March 21st. March 21st. It hasn't even really been a month yet, has it? No, but it feels like I've been here a while. I bet. But you're not new to the CDF. You've been a friend of the CDF for a while because you have uh, a son who is also celiac. Is that right? This is true, and I was actually on the board and was the, the board treasurer for two years. Oh, so you you were indoctrinated the hard way, right? Well, it's been a fabulous ride. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But, well, um, so tell you know, for the listeners who maybe don't know a lot about the Celiac Disease Foundation, um, I'd love, in your words, if you could describe you know the mission of the Celiac Disease Foundation and and how long you've been around, and just give a little flavor for what the organization's all about and what you do for us in the community. Well, as you mentioned the name Elaine Monarch, in 1990, Elaine Monarch founded the Celiac Disease Foundation. She had had celiac symptoms since childhood and was actually one of what they call the banana babies. So back in the 50s, they put them on the banana diet, and that was all they were allowed to eat. But it really wasn't until she was in her actual 50s that she was properly diagnosed. So she founded the organization. And because of her, it has become the leading organization, leading national organization, to disseminate evidence-based information and awareness about celiac disease. And now we've expanded to gluten sensitivity so that we are inclusive of everyone who has the symptoms who may not be particularly diagnosed with celiac disease. Well, that's great. And I know you all have a an annual you know, I don't know, a conference, a meeting where you bring in all kinds of experts from around the country to talk um, about the issues at hand. And, you know, in this in this environment, it's, it's pretty amazing, but things do change every year. We get more information, more research, more learnings, and certainly we are um, beaten up by a barrage of statistics every year as well that keep changing. So in this last year, for example, you mentioned gluten sensitivity. We just pretty much heard for the first time the scientists actually announcing that they agree there is such a thing as gluten sensitivity and they're putting some hard numbers to it. So it's great that you all are nimble enough to respond to that and to you know open up your group and your mission to more than people who are just diagnosed with celiac disease. I think the latest statistics are um, something on the order of 18 million people have gluten sensitivity and around 3 million people have celiac disease. So that's quite a large population to be serving with an organization like yours. Yes, it is. So we are very grateful to be able to be on shows like yours to talk about what is out there for folks and how to find us so that we can help them. Now, you also have 
um, more local groups, right? It's not just your LA-based National um, Celiac Disease Foundation. You have some more local groups that are around the country? Yes, we have chapters and what we call connections, which are support groups throughout the United States. And we rely very, very heavily on them to disseminate the information and to provide local events and programming um, and the support services that are needed. Yeah, I've been working a little bit with the South Florida group that's affiliated with CDF, and I, I've just the people there are so lovely and just have been so supportive of all of the things that are going on in that community that are right. beneficial and to Florida, you. South Florida is known for putting on a terrific vendor food yeah. fair of gluten-free products so that every year the newest products are available to the people who attend. Yeah, that's great. And that I think that local mission is just so valuable because, you know, it's nice to know that there's a national organization looking out for you and, you know, putting together information and disseminating information, but to have a local chapter that actually puts on some, you know, events like those gluten-free vendor fairs or brings in speakers, that I think really galvanizes the community and is so helpful on more of a local level. So it's nice to see that you all are doing a little bit of that as well. Yeah, that actually is our role. As national, we are the ones who help them um, bring in the speakers and to put on their food fairs and uh, working with chapters to put on things like baseball nights, gluten-free baseball nights at the stadium. Mm, right. So that's what we right. do. That's been a big thing lately, the last couple of years, and I've been so impressed with how responsive a lot of these parks have been to having these gluten-free baseball nights. It's been tremendous, and we've had out here in California several stadiums now offer gluten-free products on a full-time basis. That's fantastic. I mean, uh, that's especially, you know, as we're here to talk about kids tonight living gluten-free and with celiac disease and you know, you think about baseball and, you know, all of these really fun kids' activities for the summer and to so many of them, you know, going to see the baseball games, minor league or major league, is just a really big part of their summer. And um, to be welcomed with food at these parks that is actually something that they can eat is really fantastic. It's really good to hear. I mean, we as adults, you know, we can figure it out. We can handle it. You know, it might not be convenient or, or easy all the time, but, you know, we can figure it out. But for kids, you know, it's just so nice for them to feel like they're not different, They're that they're you know, that they have options, they have, you know, things that they can eat. I know around here in Baltimore, the Orioles Park has options as well now, gluten-free options, and it's, I hear about it all the time. It's, you know, publicized, um, you know, that that they've added a new, you know, bun or something, and, and people in the community get so excited about it. And it's great. It's, it's worth getting excited about. It's fun. You know, it adds to the whole experience of take your family out to the ball game. you know. I have four sons, and so when we could go to Padre Stadium in San Diego and they could actually have a hamburger or a hot dog on a bun, that was a huge moment for them. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, and and I think that's that's what these the summer camps that we're going to talk about tonight are are. That's why I think that's what makes them so special too. Is that these kids? A lot of the parents I've heard from have written in to me about the um about my post and and who I've you know talked to in, in writing and putting together the post on this camp directory listings that's the things they've heard that they've said is you know I didn't think my kid was ever going to have normal I didn't think my, my my child would ever get to go to camp I didn't think my child would ever get to you know be surrounded by people who would make them feel, you know, like they were normal and that they were safe and that I could rest easy knowing that they were safe. I mean, it's half of the battle is the parents feeling comfortable enough to let their kids go off to camp, you know. So um, I think the the natural 
progression for CDF to sort of venture into this gluten-free camp space is is a really good one. And and I understand from talking to you earlier in the week that you were, you know, this is something you were really personally passionate about and were, you know, a driving force in the CDF really thinking, yeah, we really do want to start this gluten-free camp experience. Could you talk a little bit about how that came to be? Well, for Elaine Monarch, this has always been her mission. One of her big projects that she'd always wanted to host was a gluten-free camp. Um, and so in honor of her legacy and everything that she's done to grow CDF to what we are today, we thought that it was time to put the camp program into place. Um, my personal experience is that we have a wonderful camp up in Northern California uh, run by a family foundation, but it really is only allowed to take kids from Northern California, and there wasn't an option in Southern California. So, my son, And by only allowed to take kids, I think you're saying that they – that their mandate was to be accessible to the kids in that region first, and if all of the spaces were taken up by kids from that area, then they were full. But if not, then they certainly opened their doors to kids from other locations, right? Right, right. So the restriction was that it did need to, the slots did need to be offered to the kids from Northern California first, but it was such a popular camp yeah. that it, it did become full. Um, my son was fortunate enough to go when he turned 15, and had such a positive experience. He had recently been diagnosed as a ninth grader and was very, very, very unhappy. Um, I would go so far as to say angry. You know, being told mm-hmm. in ninth grade that you can no longer have your pasta or your burritos or your pizza, it's a very tough thing. And yeah, everything's hard at that age, and then you compound it <laughs> with something that makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable and take away the things that are so, you know, much a part of your, you know, kid life is hanging out with your friends and having pizza. You know, that's, I, I can imagine that must have been extremely hard for him. And you want to be normal. And so suddenly you're, you're not normal. And you're right, right at that age, that's a very awkward age. And to have that added, um, you know, stigma from your friends that you can't eat what they eat is, is very difficult. However, he went to this camp, and it changed everything. Well, Marilyn, let me back up a second. Did he want to go to this camp? I mean, were you were, were you kind of thinking, I I got to make something work for him. I'm going to you know send him to this camp. I mean, I I can imagine a ninth grader going, Mom, I don't want to get you know. Or I mean, was he excited about it? No, he went kicking and screaming. Yeah, that's what that. I figured. I do have mm-hmm. to admit that. Um, but I felt very very comfortable having him go because I had done my research online. I knew it was a reputable organization. I had heard word of mouth from other parents about what a positive experience had been. And so he did go. And he had the time of his life. Yeah. And he has gone back every year since as a counselor. <laughs> wow. So this inspired me. And when I saw the dramatic transformation in his attitude about having celiac disease, best example, he came back from camp and he posted on his Facebook page, which has it to this day, celiac disease diagnosed May 2008. So wow. he went from being so angry about it to being proud that he'd been diagnosed and he's part of this community and he's taking charge of his health and he's out there advocating for a gluten-free lifestyle. And, again, it was all because of this camp. Yeah. So that being said, my personal motivation you know, is obviously to launch a camp in Southern California um, on behalf of CDF so that we can offer this opportunity to all children from all over the country where the parents can feel safe and the children can have that positive community experience. And, I mean, I can imagine that this is not something you just snap your fingers and you're like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll just, um, you know, we'll have camp over here. I mean, there's so many different things that come into play 
when you've only got a one-week camp in a facility that the rest of the summer is, for all intents and purposes, a gluten camp? You know, we've been very, very fortunate to partner with Camp Nawakwa, and they have been amazing. Um, We have a company called Not Even a Crumb, run by a woman named Deb Wheaton, who actually Mm -hmm. goes in and does the training for the staff for the kitchen cleaning, and will train the camp counselors on how to handle the children and their eating needs, and they have been amazing. Um, They have procured a chef. They have a director who has celiac disease who will be assisting us for that week, and we have all of our sponsors who will be providing the food and the recipes. And so, yes, it's a lot of work, but it's come together with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm, and the camp couldn't have been uh, better to work with or given us a better feeling of the safety and security for the children for their dietary needs. So what kind Camp. Um, go ahead. Camp periods. Oh yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, um, but what kind of um, transition then is there between the weeks? Is there is there daytime? Is there just like a half of a day? I mean, I know, I know they have to come in and you know really clean out the kitchen and wash everything down and change over. Do you know very much about the logistics involved with that? Uh, the cleanup will be on the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before the camp launches. So, um, like I said, we'll have practice training. We actually will start our practice training next month in May, and we'll have several practice sessions, and then we'll do the thorough cleaning the weekend before. And it will be certified. Well, I shouldn't say certified, but it will be um, reviewed and approved by the company, not even a crumb. That's great. Well, um, I'm glad you're going to be able to pull this off. And, you know, as we were talking about before, um, it's great to have this, other camp in Northern California that's so successful and doing such a great job and has been such a great model. But having another camp in Southern California is like having another camp three states away. California is so big. So it's nice that you're being able to to offer this to kids who won't have to travel so far to go to summer camp and will be able to make it a tradition for them, just like for your son, who goes back to the other camp every summer, even now as a camp counselor. So I'm sure this is your first ever children's camp, but you have plans to, you know, keep it going from now on and start your own tradition in the South. Absolutely. And through our Team Gluten Free, uh, these are folks who do tremendous fundraising for camperships. We are absolutely able to offer camperships to children whose parents may not otherwise be able to afford to send them to this camp. So it really is Camperships. I love it. <laughs> Camperships is so cute. Um, yeah, I actually I talked to Cynthia Cupper, the head of the Gluten Intolerance Group of North America, earlier this week as well. And they have two camps, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. The one on the West Coast is in Washington State. The one on the East Coast is in North Carolina, my home state, actually. And oddly enough, just total anecdote, the one in the East Coast is at a camp called Camp Canada, which I actually went to as a child one summer total random experience that I actually went to the same camp. Of course, it was not a gluten-free camp at the time, and I was not yet diagnosed with celiac disease. But of all things, that's now they now have this gluten-free camp in Camp Canada, which is so fantastic. But you mentioned the camperships, and that was the thing that Cynthia wanted me to emphasize about the gig camps as well. They are going to make every um, every camper who wants to be able to attend these camps they're going to make every effort to offer scholarships to these kids because that is what the mission of I'm sure all of these camps that are posted on my camp listing you know all of them are trying to do this amazing 
thing for these campers who have celiac disease or are living with gluten intolerance, and they don't want anyone to be, you know, restricted by the fact that their family can't afford to um, help them attend. So it's great to have these camps all over the country so that, especially for families who don't have the means to transport their child several states away to another camp if there is one that's more local and then they have these, as you say, camperships. I'm going to say that again and again. I think it's too cute. Um, but that these kids will be able to attend. So um, I'm glad you pointed that out about your camp as well. And is that something that you know you raise money for the general fund for CDF or are you doing a fundraiser specifically for this camp to help um, raise money for the camperships? Team Gluten-Free is an arm of CDF, and it raises money specifically for camperships. So not only are we able to offer camperships for children to go to Camp Nawakwa, we are able to provide camperships for children to go to camps around the country, and actually we oh, wow. camperships for children to go to the gig camps. That's uh, fantastic. individuals across the country who have a fundraising page through teamglutenfree.org, and some walk, some run, some bike, some just put up a page and say, I'm fundraising family and friends because I think this is important and I'm not going to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's a year-round venture, and the funds they raise go up 100% to these camperships. So it's teamglutenfree.com? Teamglutenfree.org, O-R-G. Dot, dot O-R-G, okay, I apologize. So teamglutenfree.org. So if you would like to raise money for this or if you would like to donate money towards this great cause, go to uh, teamglutenfree.org. And I assume this goes sort of year-round, that there, there are people doing this all the time. All the time. Yeah, I have I've seen the Team Gluten Free. That's been up for a while. Um, it's It actually, you all have a lot of athletes, too, involved with that, don't you? We do. We have everyone from um, New York Marathon runners to the folks who do the local walk in the park. Um, So, yeah, we we take from the the elite to the people who (laughs) are not the elite athletes, but uh, their hearts are just as big and they want to help raise funds. Well, that's a, that's a fantastic cause, so I applaud you for um, all of your efforts in that and anyone who, who can contribute. Um, obviously, these are things that will make huge differences in these kids' lives just from you know your own experience with your son, and I've heard it from so many other people as well. In fact, there is a comment um, already on my blog post about this camp listing um, about a woman who said that you know she had enrolled her son the first opportunity that she could and um, that she was so happy to know that there were these camps around the country because they're in the military and they keep traveling and she wants to know, you know, where's the next camp that we, you know, will be close to where we can go. And um, her son's nine years old and she just can't wait for him to go. And she didn't think he would ever get to go to camp. And like I said in the beginning, I think half the battle is with the parents to understand and to feel safe and confident that their child will be cared for and will not be sickened by, you know, the food at any of these camp experiences. So on on my blog post, which is at blog.julesglutenfree.com, if you look up celiac and gluten-free summer camps for kids, there are camps all over the country, and almost all of them are dedicated gluten-free camps, although there are some out there that are just regular camps that have really made a concerted effort to open their doors to kids who have gluten intolerance and celiac disease by having, like what you were describing with yours, by having chefs who actually are trained to um, prepare gluten-free meals. They have dedicated kitchens, um, and they have staff who are well-trained in this area. So I think it's worth, even if you look on this list, 
and you don't see something that's super close to where you live, to look around and see if there are any camps that are nearby that have that type of, you know, of expertise that they are starting to implement so that you can have confidence in letting your kids go to summer camp and have this great experience. I think any child deserves that experience, and it's nice, you know, obviously with these dedicated camps, and on all the research that has been out already to show this, you know, backs it up. But I think it's it's nice at the dedicated camps that the kids feel like, you know, I am not the only one who is living this way. I am not abnormal. I'm a normal person. I'm a normal kid doing all these normal camp things. And for a week, they don't have to worry about whether or not what they're eating is safe, and neither does anyone around them. And that kind of liberating experience has really shaped these kids. Um, you know, you and I were talking earlier about the pediatrics, um, the Journal of Pediatrics and the study that they had published, and there's been others, but these kids have shown such marked improvement in all kinds of areas once they leave these camps. And it's something not to overlook. If you're if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't know if it's really going to be a value to send my child to one of these camps, I think it's really worth looking into the research because, I was ticking off earlier, Marilyn, as you know, you had sent me some other links as well for other research. You know, confidence building, independence, overcoming fears, um, decreased social anxiety, you know, all of these things are the things that any parent would want for their child. And if you can experience that in this kind of a camp setting, I mean, why not? I would I would do anything possible to, you know, make that happen for my child. And I'm sure that that was something that was looming large in, in your minds as you were putting this idea together and, and really looking to implement it. You know, bullying is a hot topic right now in our country, yeah. really with the movie that just came out. And one of the things that my son has shared with me that, that comes up every summer is that the younger children share experiences about how they are bullied at school for their special dietary needs. And what camp does for them is teaches them the techniques and the coping strategies and gives them the community so that when they go back to school and they face this, they are far more self-confident. They know better how to handle it. They know that they've got a group of folks who have their back back at the camp. And, you know, my son has stayed in touch through Facebook and whatever social media outlets there are with the same group of kids for the last five years. Um, and it's just been, like I said, tremendous in terms of helping him cope and teaching him how to be able to react if somebody does react negatively to his needs. So it's been tremendous in that response. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point about the bullying because as parents, I don't know that, you know, that's something that we would even necessarily think about happening to our kids. I mean, you know, it's a it's a food allergy or it's a it's an intolerance or it's an autoimmune disease. Why would anyone bully you about it? But even as as grown-ups, we get it a little bit. You know, we we even get bullied by our friends or family who don't totally understand it. And they're like, oh, one bite won't hurt you. Well, imagine if you were a kid, you know, dealing with that and and with the being made fun of, especially in those horrible middle school years, <laughs> you know, like your child was when he was diagnosed. I mean, nobody wants to go through that. So if they can come out of this camp, camp experience learning those coping techniques, that is such a gift. And the research that was done was actually showing that, the kids who had been diagnosed or started a gluten-free diet within the last four years had an even greater improvement in all of these areas because they had, you know, probably the most to learn. But the point is they were learning it from the other kids. 
mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. They're speaking their language, and they're you know telling them how it is from a kid's perspective. We uh, host an annual education conference in Los Angeles every year. This particular one is April 28th, and we do an entire young adult, teen, tween panel uh, for two hours at the conference, and the same thing. The kids who come out of this uh, group had suggested that they really wanted to have a camp that they could attend so that instead of just coming together for two hours once a year, they would actually have a place to go where they could spend a week and really enjoy each other's company. So, you know, the more that we get kids together who can be with people like them, the better it is for them. And the better it is and easier for it is for us as parents. That's wonderful. Now, how many how much room do you have? How many campers can come to this camp? We can take 80 campers and yeah. we're getting pretty close, but yeah. they oh my goodness. Go over if we need to. And our sponsors again have stepped up and said that they will certainly provide more food products if we do have more than 80. Um, we actually are not going to camp until July 30th, so there is still time for people to put in applications. Um, so, you know, even though it's supposed to be at 80, we certainly could go over if there were children who um, really needed to be in the in have a slot. We can make that happen. So there is capacity in terms of the space? We can stretch, yes. Okay, yes. and it's co-ed? It is co-ed, and it's a typical, traditional sleepaway camp experience between the s'mores and the campfires and the mm-hmm. songs and the lanyard making, all within a gluten-free environment so that the children do not have to worry about their food needs and they can just enjoy the typical summer camp activities. Yeah, that's fantastic. My my company, actually, Jules Gluten-Free, we donate um, gluten-free graham cracker mix um, to a lot of these summer camps, and I'm going to have to put you guys on my list too because oh, I, I remember yeah oh it, I love the s'mores I mean you know you've got to have the s'mores summer camp right I mean who doesn't want the s'mores so yeah the um I've gotten several pictures sent back from lots of these camps that we've donated to and the you know the campers are standing around the fire eating their s'mores and stuff and it just you know melts your heart just to know that you've been able to help make their experience a little more normal, and, and that's fantastic to hear that they're doing all these normal things. But what what are the ages of the campers that you're um, going to be bringing in? We actually, that's a good question, and I should know the answer to this. <laughs> Give me one second. Sure. I'm sure you have to rifle through all your papers and look for it. I, no, I tried on my on my on their age group. <laughs> did you? I mean, here we go. You know what? I put it on my list here. It's ages seven to fifteen. Thank you. I was going to say seven I, to seventeen, but then I realized that uh, that would be the counselor age. Seven that's to the counselors, right? Yeah. Sorry, no. I actually I pulled that from your website, so I was able to to put that in my listing on um, on my blog. So I'm uh, that's seven to fifteen. Uh, you answered my question through through my blog. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then I assume that you, you're going to be, you know, talking, and you have been talking to other um, groups and their camps and, and sort of getting best practices from them. Or I mean, have you been sort of consulting with other camps to figure out what are the best kinds of things to, to be doing or, you know, different projects that you could be working on that, you know, maybe they've learned, you know, team-building exercises, things like that? I mean, have you been in consultation with maybe even the Northern California group? Well, definitely the Northern California group, because like I said, you know, the impetus of this came out of the fact that there was overflow from the Northern California group. Um, but Camp Nawakwa is part of the Campfire Girl uh, constituency. So they actually run, like you said, every single week their own camps that are not gluten-free. So they have, you know, been working for years and years and years 
on a program that best suits the children's needs. So they're going to replicate the same program, you know, the archery, the arts and crafts, the canoeing, cookouts, gluten-free cookouts, drama, mm -hmm. hip-hop dance, nature lore, swimming, wall climbing. They'll use the same program that has made them so successful, um, and then they'll add the gluten-free touch to it so the kids can really go to a traditional, regular, well-tested, well-proven camp experience, but again, be able to eat safely. No, that's great. Um, well, I just I would encourage anyone listening to at least check out the listing of the gluten-free camps on my website. I tried to make it as comprehensive as possible. It took quite a while <laughs> to pull these uh, the camp information together, but there are links directly from my website to all of these camps. And if you have or know of another camp that um, should be added to this list, please let me know. Um, you can leave a comment on there, or you know, when your camper gets back, we'd love to hear the comments as well because. I think hearing from other parents and campers about their experience is going to be one reason why maybe even more campers will go. Those those um, middle schoolers won't have to be you know sent to camp kicking and screaming. But um, I you know I want to just thank you, Marilyn, so much for taking your time to to talk to us tonight, but also for all of your efforts and the CDF's efforts in this regard. I think it's fantastic, and I totally applaud you all for everything that you're doing. But in particular for this camp initiative and for the camperships. I told you I'd get that back in again. I just think the campership idea is just so fantastic that no child um, could, you know, would be left behind from this wonderful experience, this life-changing experience just because of financial need. So thank you so much. And to all of those who are raising money through teamglutenfree.org, please check out that website as well. And um, just lastly, what is the CDF website if people want to know some more information about CDF? For more information about CDF, the camp, and Teen Gluten Free, and you can find it all in one place, you would go to www.celiac.org. Great. Thank you so much, Marilyn. I really appreciate your time and all of your efforts. Jules, thank you for this. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.